Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, your internet radio home for all things champions indoor football. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as the director of operations of the CIF, as he brings you the news and notes, as well as player interviews, coaches, and owners of the CIF. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into Inside the CIF with me, Sonny Clark, as we are getting set and ready to move into week number 13 of Champions Indoor Football. And folks, it doesn't get much better than what's headed our way this week. As last week, we saw some phenomenal games as well as a lot of movement as far as positioning going into the playoffs here in Champions Indoor Football. It's been one of those, you know, kind of weeks Moving into the end of the year, guess what? We're going to end up like we have in the last two years within Champions Indoor Football, coming down to the final weeks of the season, which makes it exciting as even though there are some teams that look like they are in some bad luck, uh, still have a shot at the playoffs. And I'm talking about the South as well uh, with uh, one team that is sitting right now in the sixth spot, but still with a shot. Now, granted, a lot of things got to work around that to get that to work, but there's still a shot. Um, up in the north, a little bit different, but still kind of exciting things going on in the south as some teams have went ahead and clinched playoff spots, and we're going to be talking about that as well. But let's hop back to last week's game as we had an exciting game as I was actually on the road, went to a couple of games last week, which was kind of exciting. I got the opportunity to meet some fans up there in Wichita as well as in Dodge City. Some great people up there, uh, great fans as well as they cheer on their teams as they're moving into the playoffs and the playoff race. So uh, really an interesting trip for me last week. But it started out with the game that I was at. As I was in Wichita, and Wichita were at home taking on the Salina Liberty. Salina kind of kept it interesting for the first half of this football game, but the Wichita Force stretched their legs in the second half and got the victory 36-17. So the first part of my road trip was all set and ready to go and got a good game underneath the belt. Like I said, the first half of that game, it was a, a very close game. Uh, so if you get the opportunity, check around that as the Liberty have improved. Now, granted, they haven't gotten the victories. Let, let's be honest there because that's what it's all about as, unfortunately, the Liberty are 0-10 out on the season and Wichita went ahead and improved their record to 5-4 and on the season. Then the second part of my road trip as I went ahead and went two and a half hours a little bit northeast from there or north, uh, yeah, northeast from there. 
Headed on over to Dodge City as the law were hosting the Duke City Gladiators. And, folks, I want to tell you right now, what a great game. As in reality, when I was sitting there watching the game, I thought the Duke City Gladiators were going to get out of the Dodge City Stadium with a victory. But, unfortunately, a last minute, last seconds of the game, uh, touchdown run back was the story in this game as the law squeaked out a victory against the Duke City Gladiators 65-62. to So that one was the heartbreaker of the night in reality uh, as the Duke City Gladiators really control their own destiny but also need a little help uh, in the playoff picture as they are 4-5 and five out on the season. Dodge City improves to 8-2 and two on the season. Another good game that came down to the last moments of the game, the Omaha Beef, they go on the road, get a big road victory, and they seal a playoff spot with a victory over the West Michigan Ironmen, 44-41, to and that was a game where I actually sit and watch that one over on Eversport as I had the opportunity to take a look at that one on Monday. Uh, really good game as the Beef went ahead and secured that playoff spot with some good play there, good defense as well uh, in that one. So, Also, the Texas Revolution, they go on the road. They get a huge road victory. I didn't even know about this victory until I was at the airport after the Dodge City game um, and found out that the Texas Revolution got the victory 68-61 over the Amarillo Venom at Amarillo. Some good stories coming out of that game. We're going to be talking that about that one a little bit later on in the show. Uh, the Bismarck Bucks, as they went on the road to take on the Kansas City Phantom to try to keep their playoff hopes, uh, you know, alive, but still, you know, kind of, you know, stretching away from West Michigan, but they were unable to do so. Bismarck took the loss as they were on the road taking on Kansas City. And Kansas City got that victory, 42-39. to And then on Sunday, the Dallas Marshals, they hit the road to take on the Syntex Calvary, an afternoon game down there in Belton, as the Dallas Marshals went and got the victory, 58-52. to And that one also came down as the Calvary looked a lot better as the team has not been playing very well, obviously, as... They haven't gotten any victories on the season as well, but definitely looked much better in the, this game compared to the rest of the season, what we've seen from that football team. So all around, we're watching teams improve as the season goes on. Maybe those improvements a li- too little too late. Uh, some of the teams, you know, letting the things go as they have an opportunity to stretch their legs and get a little bit further in the standings away from other teams. Some teams were unable to do so, but some exciting things that happened back last week in Champions Indoor Football, as well as we are all set, and we're going to talk a little bit about the players of the week in Champions Indoor Football. And it looked like this as far as those players of the week on the offensive side The offensive player of the week in week number 12 was wide receiver out of the Texas Revolution. Clinton Solomon, five receptions, 86 yards, and four touchdowns. On the defensive side of the ball, the defensive player of the week, Ben Pester, 
from the Kansas City Phantoms as he had four tackles, three tackles for loss, 21 yards in those tackles, two sacks for loss, 18 yards in those as that's the second week for a defensive player from Kansas City. And also, Kansas City earns the special teams player of the week as well with Dallas Herndon as he was doing the kicking duties. He was 4 for 4 for extra points and 2 for 2 on the field goals from 35 and 23 yards. Those are your players of the weekend champions indoor football. All right, so let's take a look at the standings in Champions Indoor Football. Let's head to the North Conference. It's the Sioux City Bandits. They are on top of the conference at 7-2, and two, followed by two 6-3 and three teams. But Bloomington has the edge as they are 6-3 and three along with Omaha. Um, but the Bloomington Edge have the head-to-head on that one. Then the Bismarck Bucks, they are in fourth place with a 4-5 and five record. Now, if the playoffs were to start this week, the Bucks would be in. That having been said, that's not the case. Nine games underneath the belt for the Bismarck Bucks. However, West Michigan, they have ten games under their belts. They are in fifth place with a 3-7 record, followed by Kansas City at 2-8 and 0-10. And and so Bismarck is really going to be fighting with West Michigan for the rest of the way. However, West Michigan with only two games underneath their belt left in the season as the Bismarck Bucks have three. So it kind of looks like it might end up Bismarck, depending on what ends up happening for the rest of the season for those football teams because as the end of the season comes, it, that means that it gets very, very tight at that. So let's take a look at the schedule for West Michigan as they have a game tomorrow night. They take on the Omaha Beef, then they are at Omaha, and then they end with the Bloomington Edge. Three games against playoff teams, it'll be about positioning as far far as the West Michigan Ironmen, but when you take a look at Bismarck and what they got, it's not an easy road for them either, except for the fact that they do take on a winless team in this last three-game stretch for them. As Mark that, they have four games uh, as they got the Kansas City Phantom here. Mark that... Mark that. It is May 20th. They have the Sioux City Bandits, then the Salina Liberty, and they finish with the Bloomington Edge. So uh, the West Michigan Ironmen need to see the Bucks lose all the games for the rest of the season, and, of course, they've got to get those victories as well. So in the north, you know, almost kind of set. We'll find out. In the south, though, it's a little bit different because when you look at with the standings, we have seven teams in the conference, and we have six of them still alive going into this week 13 of Champions Indoor Football. On the top of the conference are the Dodge City Law. They are 7-2. and two. Then there's two teams at 7-2. and two. Now, if you look on the website, the website says Amarillo's in second place. However... It is the Texas Revolution who are 7-2 and two that are in second place as they have the head-to-head. There's just something within the writing on the website that doesn't move Texas into the second spot. However, on the website, it's noted that the Texas Revolution owned the head-to-head with Amarillo, and they are the one in second place right now. So Amarillo in third. Fourth place holds the Dallas Marshals. They are 6-3. and three as they hold on to that fourth and final spot. So 
if the playoffs were to start, the Dallas Marshals would be in. However, on the outside, looking in right now, are the Wichita Force. They are 5-4 and four on the season, followed by the Duke City Gladiators, who dropped that heartbreaker in Dodge City. They are 4-5. and five. Syntex are 0-9. Oh now, when you take a look at this, as far as the schedules are concerned, there's some big-time scheduling going on in the South. So let's take a look at it for the final portion of the game. Let's start with the... Duke City Gladiators. The Duke City Gladiators tonight take on the Texas Revolution in Allen, but then they're on the road to take on the Amarillo Venom, and then they uh, mark that they're at home against the Amarillo Venom, and then they are at home against the Dodge City Law. So those are the rest of the games for the Duke City Gladiators. Looking at the other team that uh, Kind of in the outside looking in right now are the Wichita Force. The Wichita Force, they have a game on Saturday at Dallas as they're going to be taking on the Marshals. Then the next week, they are home against the Syntex Calvary. Then they finish up the season on the road against the Texas Revolution. So two of the three games are against playoff caliber teams. Uh, Syntex hasn't gotten a victory yet this season. Uh, they get that game at home. So they got two tough road games in order to make the playoffs. And I'm going to be at the Texas Revolution game tonight as well as tomorrow. I'm going to go uh, take a look at that game as the Wichita Force are taking on the Dallas Marshals. So that's for me. I get a lot of indoor football action this weekend as well as last weekend uh, So for that one. Now, that having been said, taking a look at the other team in that, let's look at the uh, the rest of the games for the Dallas Marshals. We already talked about the fact that they have the Wichita Force. They then go on the road to take on the Kansas City Phantom, and then they finish off the season at home against the Omaha Beef. Now, that's where all this gets kind of crazy as figuring out where it's going to happen. So the Duke City Gladiators need certain things to happen. The rest of the teams, they have to continue winning. Wichita has to win if they're going to make it into the playoffs. So we're going to have to watch how the rest of this season, the last three weeks of the season, exciting there in the South. Okay, guys, now, without further ado, we talked about the last week's games, week number 12. We talked about the standings. We talked about the excitement of those games. We might as well just go right into the commissioner's corner and bring on the commissioner of Champions Indoor Football. It is Ricky Burns. How are you doing, Ricky? I'm doing fantastic today, Sonny, and yourself? I'm doing wonderful. I hope everything is well. As uh, you know, We move on into the season. It's been an exciting season, but last week a big story, which kind of what, in my opinion, defines what we are as a league, as in Amarillo, a fan uh, in the end zone, uh, suffers a seizure, and without any hesitation, we have our players in the stands assisting, as, as we could call them, first responders right there to help assist uh, a fan. Uh, play stops completely, and we worry about the most important thing that is happening in the arena. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, this is a game. Um, this is a game that's in the entertainment business. 
And, um, you know, people uh, come to the games to get away from things that happen in their everyday lives or for different various reasons or passion. It's something they follow. But, uh, you know, I mean, it really is, uh, I mean, uh, the Amarillo Venom are an amazing RAN organization from top to bottom, from uh, Stephanie and Toby Tucker and then with Coach Reese, and then to see what happened with their uh, players giving all disregard to football, recognizing what's going on, actually hopping in the stands, um, even helping later on with them uh, getting a stretcher in and out of the stands with the person on there and then out, off the field, the players assisting with that as well. Just, um, you know, it's just one of those things that kind of really puts what's important in perspective. And it's just great to see that the players kind of recognize that and actually come to the aid and assist. And it sounds like the gentleman that uh, had the issue is doing very, very well and hopes to make their uh, final regular season home game. And that would be fantastic if that works out. And, Definitely uh, cross my fingers and hope and pray that that happens. And that also, uh, on the other side, the Texas Revolution players hopped into the stands as well to assist. Definitely, so it yes. Just goes to show, it just goes to show where this league is and how important the fans are to the players as well as the teams. Absolutely, man. It's a big kudos to uh, Coach Mann and everybody with the uh, associate with the Revolution as well, Tommy, Charlie, and the rest of them. Uh, it's just, I mean, like, hey, we stop what we're doing, and this is what's really important. Everybody kind of lends a hand to kind of contribute and, you know, I mean, help, helps in any way possible for that. So it says a lot of great things about the organizations and about the league itself, in my opinion. Definitely. And you also saw the players down on one knee. And you can, you can look and see the, the sincere worry and, uh, of the players as they were down on one knee with the prayers and everything going out to the gentlemen uh, in the stands. It is a great story, uh, great for the league. And it just goes to show what this league is about as far as the players are concerned. And that just leads us right into an exciting time of the year. We get into the last three weeks of the season, and in one conference we have seven teams that are still fighting at a possible playoff spot uh the other ones kind of said a little bit but still exciting as we got a, a team on the outside looking in how are you looking at the playoffs this is an amazing season yet again coming down to the stretch of the 2017 season um you know and again Sonny, it's just one of those things uh, at first you think it's uh, luck the second time it happens um, it might be a coincidence, third time, hey, maybe we're on to something. But it's yeah, definitely an exciting time for so many teams to be involved in the playoff hunt, the playoff picture. I've had several fans get a hold of me, reaching out to me, um, like, hey, what are the tiebreaker scenarios? And I've had several uh, news reporters as well, hey, what are the tiebreaker scenarios? How do those work? And uh, it's been a continuous conversation that I've had over and over. But it's because there's so much going on and so many different scenarios that can work itself out. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sports fan overall. And, I mean, I grew up loving baseball as a kid first before I got involved in football. And, uh, you know, it was back in the 80s. And, you know, I mean, there were times in late July, early August that the playoffs were already locked in and the teams were just playing yeah. the games to finish out the schedule. Um, that is definitely not something that we have going on in the CIF. And, you know, I think it's one of the reasons why I think we have one of the uh, most exciting uh, industries that we have in the indoor football industry. But, you know, really uh, as, as far as the excitement within the indoor football business itself and the CIF, and just, there's, how, there's so much parity across the board every single week. So um, I really uh, i am kind of uh, done saying that we're lucky and we got this working that way and that working that way for us. I really think that, hey, you know, I mean, we're on to something and it's continued to prove itself year after year. 
Yeah, and it raises eyebrows from other t- uh, other teams as well, in other organizations and other leagues and things of that sort. And I'm sure that you know your your, your time on the phone with other teams inquiring about Champions Indoor Football and what they need to do in order to be a part of it. I bet you that has been taking up a big part of your time as well. Um, probably been going on for probably the last three or four weeks. Um, and it's definitely something that uh, I would say as opposed to two years ago whenever I was filling in for the commissioner position and then even being on the executive committee last year, there's definitely an increase in activity um, than what there has been in the past. And, and again, I think that's there's several reasons why of that, but I think the excitement level and everything else has got something to do with that. That's part of the part of the process, I believe. And that and there's nothing that can be said as we become the focal point of indoor football. As we're not only are we the largest, but obviously what happened last week in Amarillo just shows why people might want to move over and get set right here in Champions Indoor Football for their future, for their team, and uh, to have that excitement. And you talked about parity really quick, Ricky. Uh, that right there just goes to show what why we seven teams in contention in the South and five teams out of the seven in contention in the North for still playoff spots. And with those new teams coming in, is there any worry about the parity up and down as a team comes in, like maybe from a different league, like maybe the IFL or whatever the case may be, or does that equal out, uh, equal out as they move into the league? No, I think that, uh, I think that a lot of the people, that contact us have already done the research and, and even in conversations with them, they recognize just some of the things that are different about our league versus maybe other leagues that are out there. And it's one of the reasons why they're interested in it, you know. I mean, that, hey, I mean, I'll say, hey, me being here in Salina now, you know, I mean, we had a tough game in Wichita last week, but that game was yeah. tied at the half. Um, but our previous three games before that, and we haven't won a game all year, our previous three games before that, we lost those three games by a combined nine points. And, uh, I think that fans recognize that, other owners recognize that, and even potential new expansion franchises or even existing teams notice that as well, that week in and week out, it's one of the things that makes it so exciting and just has such a strong following that, you know, it's really kind of a big selling point for us. Yeah, and another big selling point at the end of the season as we get there, our player recognition and what's going on and are all players, how is that going, what, how is that process as far as the end of the season? Well, just so you know, I'm actually in the middle of finalizing the, the ballot process, the voting and the nomination process. Um, there will be an email going out to all the coaches here in the next couple of days. But the CIF is going to have a all-north and all-south conference, uh, first team and second team, as well as all-league uh, team for that matter. And that's something that, hey, we'll be working with uh, the coaches and the owners on for the nominations and the, the voting process. And then uh, during the playoffs, it's going to be, uh, we're actually going to announce who the first and second team is from each conference and then who the all-league uh, winners are for as well. And just I think it really helps uh, kind of build these players' resumes, give them some recognition for the hard effort and hard work that they've done on the football field for the uh, 2017 season. So I'll be really excited, uh, Sonny, to be making those announcements. Of course, there's the usual t- uh, team awards that we'll be announcing as well at the, uh, the weekend of the championship game. But... Uh, We'll actually be recognizing the players this year as well, having um, all-conference teams and then an all-league team as well. 
an exciting time to be a part of Champions Indoor Football as we move into the final leg of the 2017 season. Commissioner Ricky Birch, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes on here on Inside the CIF. Hey, appreciate it, Sonny. Um, good luck to everybody playing this weekend. See a lot of things at football games, but not something like this. A team makes it into the end zone. You see that. Mm -hmm. And then instead of celebrating, the coach stops the game and sends players into the stands. Fox 14's Meredith Avery tells us what was more important than a game. We're a community team, so our fans are very important. I mean, they come out and support us, and we support them. Saturday night, the Amarillo Venom facing off against the Texas Revolution until the game suddenly stops in the third quarter. They say they didn't think much about what happened next. It was just instinct. I was in the uh, moment of the making a touchdown. Play just stopped for some reason, and, and Coach Reese ran over to the wall. So I was like, oh, my God. Um, and the only thing was to call the EMTs over. The guy had his head back like, you could tell like he was like in real, like a lot of pain. So they said that they needed me up in the stands uh, to try and help get him over the wall so we could get him on the stretcher. It was a great feeling just to see uh, both teams working together even though we were going against each other at the time. Before the game would start again, players, coaches took a knee. Joined by fans, they did something else together. We pray. So at that time, you just want to have reassurance. And my reassurance is, uh, is God, Jesus Christ, I believe. So within that aspect, I believe that we have, we think, uh, uh, faith, family, and football in that order. That's what I was taught since I was a kid. That's what I believe in. That's what our team believes in. And so the power of prayer is, is, is big. If they had to do it all over again, these guys say they wouldn't think twice. It doesn't matter what's going on at that time. I mean, life is life. You know, football is just a game. Life, life isn't a game. And so we want to make sure we get, uh, get him attention as soon as possible and get him taken care of and calm his family members down. Coach Reese says the man is recovering and doing much better. They say he's normally at every game, and they hope to see him at their last game of the season. Live in studio, Mary Favorite, Fox 14 News. And we talked about it with Ricky Burtz, and right after the incident, right after the game, old Mother Tucker, that's right, Stephanie Tucker took to Facebook. Um, so tonight was a pure example of why there's a lot of craziness that nobody knows that goes on with this. Um, not only did I have a fan in the stands get hurt, I had a referee um, leaving an ambulance, and I had a player leaving an ambulance so um, never had this before I'm a little shaken up and then to top it off we lost so it's probably I never thought it would be this emotional I'm not only seeing people that literally are putting their life and their livelihood on the line for you know this game that they love to play and that I love to be associated with uh, but to see my players and the opposing team go over and hop over and help a gentleman that was um, suffering from a seizure in the stands just kind of put it all in perspective. And then never did I think that I was going to have to have two more ambulance calls. So right now I'm on my way to the hospital um, to check on them, to love on them, to let them know that, wow, thank you. Um, yeah, a little sobering moment. Not going to try to be teary-eyed or anything, but um, that this is the emotional roller coaster. You go from the highs and the lows, and 
and then you realize that the game is just a game and there's so much that's so more important so um, again if you all can take a quick moment to to keep those three families um, in your prayers and thoughts um, because they're gonna have a long road to hope um, and like I said it's just a game but sometimes that game breaks my heart too so um, here we go um, hats off to the revs and the team that we played um, it's hard it's hard to win in Amarillo and our fans are the best and they were in it and I appreciate it more than anything but also another roller coaster of the night the special jerseys is you know a close friend of mine and actually um, their entire family was affected by ovarian cancer and we raised some nice money today for that great cause plus awareness so I mean it's just an emotional roller coaster again thanks to anybody in yes I'm driving right now that just was there and again if you weren't there just please take five seconds to say a quick little prayer for those three families that are affected and um, we'll keep you all posted on everything but again love you things up I'm really proud of the guys I'm really proud of our entire organization and everybody even you know even after a loss that comes find your character and what you're all about and you're gonna still love and you're still gonna go on and we can we got this love you guys really unable to bring you Stephanie live. She's been very busy, obviously, because of the situation that happened with the fan, never mind the official and the player. Uh, Stephanie Tucker, a very, very busy lady. We tried to do it. It just didn't work out as that busyness has overtaken her as she's getting set and ready to go for the rest of this season. We'll try to get her on, uh, but that came from her Facebook page. Um, she said it was okay for people to share it, so I went ahead and brought that to you. Uh, you can hear it in her voice. You can hear uh, the concern, not for just the player, not just for the uh, fan, but also the official, which, you know, a lot of people think, hey, who cares about the officials? But, no, she was right there. And uh, pro to the end, folks, I'm going to tell you, Stephanie Tucker, uh, dealing with her with the position that I hold here in Champions Indoor Football, I like talking to her. I like what she gives us. I like her direction on where she wants the league to go to as well. Uh, she's got great vision, and, folks, we're lucky to have Stephanie Tucker and the Amarillo Venom in Champions Indoor Football as they are doing very well this season. Uh, right behind the Revolution in third place, uh, set to move into the playoffs. Uh, important time of the year for all teams, Stephanie Tucker as well as the other owners and teams and coaches and players in this Champions Indoor Football. That having been said, there has been a lot of news that are going on in Champions Indoor Football. Let's start with Bismarck. As earlier in the season, they took a little hit when they lost Jonathan Bain for a few days. However, the unfortunate situation, they may have lost him for the whole season. They have put quarterback Jonathan Bain on the, um, the short-term IR so they have to either make him eligible for the rest of the season at the uh, 
cutoff period for the last game of the season or they'll make the decision to go ahead and see if he is eligible to play but uh, a toe problem for Jonathan Bain as he moves forward so they in turn they go ahead and sign Josh Stroven uh, to take over the quarterback uh, position he spent times with the Edmonton Eskimos earlier this year um, and after He's going to be out on the football field starting against the San Angelo, San Angelo Bandits, the Sioux City Bandits uh, going on there. Um, a big game uh, that happened in Dodge City. We briefly covered it a little bit, but the Duke City Gladiators, they are in control of their own destiny with a little curve with another team losing here or there. As far as their chances, it starts tonight as they take on the Texas Revolution at the Allen Event Center in Allen, Texas. So that is a big situation as far as where they're going to be for the rest of the season. So uh, they did unfortunately lose in the final moments of that game at Dodge City uh, with a kickoff return for the Dodge City loss. So that was big stuff that was going on there. And uh, talk about also community, you know, Stephanie Tucker and the Amarillo Venom doing it big time in the community. Um, I think she's going to be with her team as well as the Bloomington Edge are going to be fighting for the, that community award. Um, there are a lot of things that are happening up in Bloomington uh, in their situation. They're, actually, tomorrow they're going to try to set an uh, Illinois State uh, record uh, as far as schools are concerned they're going to have the biggest game of musical chairs happening at the halftime uh, so if you get the I, I hope that we can actually see and hear that that's going to be funny uh, to watch that as well and see if they can go ahead and do that so the it, with the edge uh, clinching at least the playoff spot they're going to try to get that home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs uh, but they've got to get past Sioux City so a lot of stuff going on there. Um, so watch out for the edge and what's going on. This has been a great season uh, as far as that is concerned. We've covered a lot on the north, which I've taken some bashing, and some deserved, some not. But uh, we have brought in the north, and we're going to do this. This is going to be a good one, folks, as we have special guests here on Champions Indoor Football inside the CIF. Uh, we're going to bring in some of the beef players. An exciting situation here for the beef fans to hear from their guys, their players. So let's take a listen to an interview that I had with defensive back Paul Robinson as well as quarterback Anthony Iannotti. Let's listen to that interview. All right, welcome back into Inside the CIF with me, Sonny Clark. I got a beef fans. I, I keep getting weekly calls. When are you going to have a beef guy on? When are you going to have the coach on? When are you going to do that? I had the coach on at the beginning of the year. Beef fans, I've answered your call. I got online today. Two special guests, one on the defensive side of the ball, one on the offensive side of the ball. we got defensive back Paul Robinson and quarterback Anthony Iannetti. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Sonny. Doing great, Sonny. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Inside the CIF. An exciting part of the year. I've said it for the last three years, and even going back into 
the CPIFL win the Omaha beef for part of the playoffs. It just makes the league that much better. Uh, being part of the storied franchise that are the Omaha Beef and indoor football, as you folks are the longest-running uh, indoor football team in our league as well, quite possibly the country. Uh, that having been said, you know, how has it been? I'll, I'll just jump it over to Paul. Paul, how has your experience been with the Omaha Beef compared to other teams that you've played for? I mean, being in Omaha, you can just – you can feel the longevity, like the cowbells, the fans dressed up. Like you can just feel the longevity and how long it's been here and how it's a fixture in Omaha. Yeah, and, and uh, Anthony, this is one of those times. I mean, this is your first year with this organization. Uh, yeah, how is it compared for some of the places that you've been? Um, you know, well, like I said, uh, you know, I played in Chicago last year, and, you know, we played Omaha uh, a few times, and in my trips uh, out to Omaha, I fell in love with this place, you know, being the road team, seeing the fans, seeing the passion that, you know, all these people had, the noise that they, they make during the games and the atmosphere, um, you know, I fell in love, and, um, you know, in the off season when I had the opportunity to come out here and, and uh try and win a spot for the beef, I, I immediately took it and said, you know, I'm this is something I really want to be a part of and, you know, I'm, you know, really happy with my decision and it's been a, an awesome ride so far. Well, let's ask you, let's talk a little bit about that, Anthony. What was it like? What was the recruiting like? How did it all come about that you would end up in Omaha? Um. Well, after the season last year, you know, we were, uh, you know, looking forward to next year and you know obviously at that time we didn't know Chicago was not going to be around this year at that time we thought you know you know I'm from Chicago so I was planning on just staying home and you know probably playing for for the Eagles again but around September um you know Corey and Nigel uh reached out and asked me you know what are my plans for this season and at that time I'm like all right well it's September and I still hadn't you know heard anything from the Eagles and you know, I was really, you know, starting to think, like, hey, what am I going to do for this season? And, you know, I got to thinking, I got to talking with some of the other guys and said, you know, the beef are, you know, one of those teams where it's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, you know, if that, uh, that call uh, happens, you got to sometimes just jump on it and take it. So, you know, I made that decision and, um, you know, here I am and, you know, couldn't be happier. Well, let, let's switch that to Paul. What was your off season like? What you know? What what was your plans as far as the 2017 season? Were you were you wanting or expecting to play someplace else, or was the beef one of the primary places you wanted to play at, Paul? I was really actually looking to play back in the AFL, but with the teams they lost and all, I looked back to the CIF and I was. Going to go. Actually, I was looking at Wichita, some other teams, and then once the season started, I actually hit Coach Ross up at the game down here, and uh, he talked to me. Actually, was I still in shape and all? And I mean, it all just came together. I mean, after a game, and so when I once I came in here, it's like I seen like the camaraderie, like the young guys and all that. And so it was more of should I go down there? Should I take this chance of going down there? And I mean, just talking to Coach Ross is like, man, he's just a good guy. He makes you believe. And so 
once I chose Omaha, I just felt like I made a good decision. Well, that that being said, you were at a game. Were you were you a fan at that game? Were you invited guests to, to take a look at the organization? Did you what did you do? Did you just drive down there and try to you know make the connection with uh, Coach Ross? Oh no, I watched the first game actually with Sioux City, and I just seen like it was a couple like little mistakes they had. Some kick returns ran back. And just just little mistakes, and he just told me he needed another veteran, another leader. And I mean, I just, I mean, I'm it's my third year in the CIF, so being a vet, you just gotta. I seen a lot of talent, and so I decided, man, it looks good, so I made the ride down. Taking a look, what's going on? Let's shoot it back to Anthony. Anthony, as you were. You're preparing for this season. Give us a little bit of what you experienced in Chicago compared to what you got. Uh, is it is it similar or is there any differences? What 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 do you think about the differences between the two organizations? Um, well, obviously, you know, Chicago was a first year team last year, so you know, with that comes, you know, you're obviously going to have your your expected hiccups. Um, but you know. Omaha has been around, like you said, for, you know, 17-plus years. So, you know, as far as an organization, they they pretty much have everything, you know, running running full steam. Um, you know, everything from the fan base to the coaching staff to the front office to the recruiting to the practices to the, you know, the housing for the out-of-town guys. Everything's just professional out here. And, you know, it, you really – you really get a sense that, you know, they care and it's, you know, a true professional organization. And, uh, you know, not an offense in Chicago. Chicago was a great, great time, great opportunity. You know, the biggest thing about this level is you get a bunch of guys together who are all chasing the dream. And, you know, the passion that comes from all of these players doing this, you know, with the same goal for, you know, however long that they can, it, it's truly something special, and when you know you get into a place that's going to provide that opportunity for people and give them you know a lot of the resources that they need, it's really something special. So it's you know been great to be a part of it and you know grow with my teammates, and uh, you know this year's been been really great. Well, we talk about the passion, we talk about the dream, Paul. And you you played in the AFL, so you kind of had an idea of, or, or you have an idea of what. The, the next level would be, um, and some other experiences as well. You know, it, are you thinking the same thing? They get here, get filmed, so you can put it out there so where you can maybe take that next step back into the next level, whether it be the AFL or, as we have seen, some players have actually made their way up to Canada as well. Uh, yes, I mean, that's the should be the plan for anybody at this level. And Coach Ross always tells us, like, you're here to play ball, get your film, and try to move up. So that's always the plan. But I'm also here while I'm here to also win a championship. So, I mean, I understand what it takes to get to the next level. And, I mean, I'm a vet. You got a lot of young guys. So being in their ear also telling them works. But it's always you got to get film to get to the next level. But while you're here, I mean, as a team, the plan is to win a championship. So, I mean, I think I will put – winning the championship over moving up because that's my first thing. But what comes with it, if you win a championship, teams 
the CFL, the AFL also is going to look at your team because your team is succeeding and winning. So it all goes hand in hand. And and you've had that experience up on the top level, but now since you you're here in Champions Indoor Football, what is your role, Paul, with this team? I mean, are, are you the veteran out there directing traffic? Are you listening? What are you doing out on the football field besides obviously making the plays and saying what what is your role with the team? Well, yes, yeah, like this year, I'm more of a vet to the team. I made the transition back to free safety. I'm usually playing corner, so I'm more in control. Right. I'm more younger guy, so I'm more in control with the play calls, getting people lined up. So, yeah, it's more of a toll on me, but I like it because it makes me focus more. I got to have the focus because I got people depending on me where it was when I played corner, I can, okay, I do this, I got to do that. And a free, the free safety will have to line us up. Now I'm in that position where I got to tell my linebacker, hey, you got a blitz here. I got to tell my safety, hey, you got a bag. I got to tell my corner, you got down. So it's more of a vet role. And I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually liking it. Now, you're using your instincts of what you've seen in the AFL uh, to, you know, are, are you, what are, what are you specifically looking at when you're about ready to direct them? Are you, are you looking at certain formations? What are you, Paul, what are you looking at before you tell a guy where to go? Uh, I mean, I watch a lot of films, so if you come out in two by one, if you if your receiver's got a certain type of motion before the play, like all that goes through my head. So I'm really I'm yeah, like I'm really looking at the formation, looking how people's line up, looking at the line, are their hands down, are they in a pass set? All the little details and what can tell you what's gonna go on in the play. And so watching film really puts me in position and helps me put my guys in position also. Now, taking a look at this week as we get you all set, Anthony, you're about ready to take on a football team that's in desperate mode. Those are dangerous teams. I mean, you'll be the first to tell me that as they're trying to win games to maybe try to slip up into the playoffs, you know, and ruin some people's positioning within the playoffs as the Omaha Beef have already qualified for the playoffs. What are you looking for when you t- get ready to take on the uh, West Michigan Ironmen right there in your home stadium? Yeah, well, um, you know, we obviously respect, you know, all teams that we go up against. We, uh, we've, we've had a one and all mentality every week. Um, you know, we've, we as a team have come, overcome a lot of adversity this year. So, you know, we're really, you know, mentally tough at this point, but, the biggest thing is just focusing on the task at hand. You know, we can't get content. We we may have clinched a playoff first, but that's that's not satisfying. We need to, you know, lock up the number one seed. We need home field advantage. There's, you know, bigger goals ahead. So, you know, we can't be looking, you know, you know, ahead past this to, you know, the next week or the playoffs or anything like that. We got to focus. We know this is a great team. We've played them twice, really close games both times. And, you know, they got a great quarterback over there, great running back. Um, you know, really, really big defense, solid defensive players. And, you know, we know they're com- going to come in here with everything they got. You know, they need a win. They're going to be throwing, you know, trick plays. They're going to open the playbook. So, you know, we got to be ready for, for their best shot. And, uh, you know, I think we're we're up to the task. 
You talked about adversity, Anthony. What what have you been going through? Now, granted, I know because obviously I get the contracts and everything, so I kind of know what's going on. Let people know a little bit about the adversity you guys have been seeing so far in this 2017 season. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something that every football team goes through, and it's it's something that, you know, some teams, you know, might 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 not be able to deal with. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries, you know, going back to the beginning of the year, we had, you know, a, a solid core of guys. And, you know, through certain circumstances, we lost, you know, one of our leaders and then, you know, a couple other guys have gotten injured along the way. And, you know, in this game, it's, it's difficult because the rosters are so small. You can't really have a next man up mentality. You literally have to bring guys in from the outside. And to be able to bring new guys into the – the locker room and be able to gel immediately and get them into your game plan and be able to, you know, move along without a hitch. It's very difficult to do. And, you know, like I said, some teams aren't able to overcome that type of thing, losing key players. And, you know, I think we've done a really good job. Our coaches have done an excellent job of, you know, bringing in the right type of personnel and, you know, all uh, credit to them and the guys that we've brought in have stepped up and, uh, you know, we really haven't lost, lost too much. So, um, but like I said, it's 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 something that you know we've been dealing with. Every team deals with. So you know, like I said, we're not going to make excuses. We're not going to sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. We're going to keep rolling, and you know, it's only going to make us stronger in the end. Well, Anthony, when you when you talk about you're talking about coaching, you're talking about everything, but coaching is a big difference, probably from going from Chicago to here. What is the difference in coaching? Are they are they teaching you more? Or are they just giving you new routes? keeping you aware of certain situations. What, what's the difference from going from one team to another as far as coaching? You've got, uh, of course, Corey Ross there and the, other, and the coaching staff right there. What, is, what are they teaching you? Oh, absolutely. You know, Corey, he's a great offensive mind, you know, obviously playing at Nebraska, playing, you know, multiple years in the NFL over, you know, in, in, in multiple, you know, professional leagues. He has that experience. And, you know, from the, the day I walked in, his presence has been felt, you know, me as a quarterback, I require, you know, quarterbacks a mental position and it, 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 it sure. takes hours off of the field to prepare. And, you know, he has a system in place that, you know, really prepares you for the next level, not just this level, but, you know, the terminology, the concepts, everything that you need as a quarterback to be able to, to play at a high level, he's providing. And, you know, from the day I walked in, I just felt you know, this 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 team, this coaching staff is tailored to not only winning but preparing us for the next level, and that's you know the biggest thing is credit to them, and you know they do everything you know professional and, and high class, and you know I I couldn't be happier. And now we'll switch back to Paul real quick. Paul, you you talk about film study. You talk about what uh, you got to do to prepare for a game. What are you looking at with Western Michigan? You're getting a team here that man, they they've been in all ball games all season except for a couple, you know, a couple. But they've been there really close on a lot of them as they lost to the edge in the final moments of the game. What are you specifically going to be looking for? in Saturday's game against the Omaha uh, against the West Michigan Ironmen. Well, this week since it's I mean the schedule since we played them last week it's like kind of weird to play them the next week 
because the film you're going to watch is the film that you played last week. So what I really right. did is went back. I broke our first two games back down, and when I looked at the film, I really looked at, okay, this play, he might have took a sack, but he had this guy open. So I know when they go back and watch film, they're going to also see, okay, we had this guy open on this play, and we didn't hit so we didn't hit him. So now you have to look at what adjustments do you think they're going to make and what adjustments can you make. So it's it's kind of hard, but you just have to look, pay more attention to details because both of you guys played each other last week, so both of you guys are going to watch film and make adjustments to do what you didn't do last week. And we got one more question, and then I'm going to do something a little different at the end of this. One more question. It's the same question for both of you. I'll start with Paul since you got the uh, phone right there. What is your, your, your game day ritual? What is something that you do each and every uh, time before you sit, hit the field, uh, whether you're playing high school, you know, college, or right there in the CIF or AFL? Uh, game day ritual. I mean, I got to listen to my music. But one thing I got to have on game day, if I say one thing I got to do every game day is a ritual, I got to go to the store and pick up a fire or energy. That's, that's about <laughs> one thing I do every game. I have to pick up a five-hour energy. Got it. So, and and and, and switching over to Anthony, what is one of your game day rituals? Um. You know, honestly, you know, the biggest thing is just I like to to really just zone in. You know, after after pregame meal, I like to just get in, get my headphones on, get out on the field, take about you know thirty thirty forty five minutes and just zone out. You know, do a little bit of stretching and you know a lot of my pregame deals with you know talking to coaches, preparing our you know our wristbands, our game our game plan you know, our first six play calls, all sorts of stuff. So I'm always, you know, being pulled one way or the other, talking to receivers or linemen or whatever. So, you know, getting ready and, you know, a few hours before the game, I love to just sit out on the field, visualize what's going to go on and, you know, just really zone out, listen to my music and, and, and get mentally ready. And, uh, you know, it really, really helps that with that focus. All right, now, we got to know the players, okay, what they're about, the players. Now we're going to take a step away from the football field and bring you into the guys, who they are. So, and some of the things I'm going to ask, one question, then I'm going to um, put together a couple of scenarios. But the one question, since Anthony's got the phone right now, we'll start with you. I know everybody and who's listening as well as you all know what a man card is. I, I got a man card. And uh, so I got to ask, what is the one thing that you would have to turn in your man card for as far as, you know, I, I, mine, I have to admit, I listened to Ricky Martin last week. And not only did I listen to it, I rocked to it. I know it's quite embarrassing. So I had to turn in my man card for the day. What is your turn in your man card uh, incident, or is it a song? Is it something you do? Oh man, putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, well, wow, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, there's been plenty of moments. Uh, I mean, I would have to say, <laughs> I would have to say uh, 
I don't know. I mean, um, you know, growing up, for whatever reasons, you know, for some reason there's just a bad stigma with the movie The Notebook. Um, you know, guys <laughs> typically aren't, aren't usually um, supposed to watch that, but, you know, sometimes when you got a girlfriend or whatever, you're kind of forced to, and I'll have to admit, like, I actually kind of liked the movie. I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty, pretty good movie. And, uh, Did you cry? I've maybe, watched, Did you... I've maybe watched it alone occasionally. <laughs> Did you cry? Uh, I won't go that far. I won't go that far. <laughs> right, shoot, shoot it over to Paul. What is the one thing that you have to turn your man card in for? Uh, I'm a tough guy, so I don't like the... <laughs> but, uh... Uh, I will say one thing, it probably music-wise, like, if I'm listening to music with the team, it might be some stuff that gets you riled up or something, but if I'm listening to it by myself, I might have to sneak in a couple songs or a little bit of singing, a couple Beyonce songs or something, so I don't know if people would... I think that would be something I listen to before the game or something, but sometimes you got to mellow yourself down. Ah, got it. So the mellow Beyonce more so than the upbeat Beyonce. I got you. It works out pretty good. So you got the man card. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna give you some scenarios, and you can keep the phone right there where both of you can hear. I'm going to ask you to pick one of three, okay, one of three, Facebook, Twitter, or something else. Go ahead, guys. Something else. Uh, I'm, I'm Something, go Facebook. I think, I think Facebook's, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. You kind of get your pictures, your your statuses, your your music, your videos, all all that stuff in one. So I like Facebook. All right, Paul. What's your other one? What's the other social media that you hang out at? Or do you even hang out on social media? Uh, I get on social media some, but the most I say Snapchat because Snapchat. it's more of. You can bring people in, like, you get 15, 10 seconds to show people. So when I'm arriving to the arena, I show people I'm arriving to the arena. I show people the the field before pregame. So you can kind of bring people into the locker room. You can kind of bring people more into your life and show them what goes on through your daily activities. That's awesome. I, uh, that, I've been doing that as well. If I didn't smash my phone, I would have been able to bring Dodge City um, as, uh, as I was in Wichita, had Wichita, but then I smashed my phone. So, yeah, bringing on the videos is really kind of cool. You can do that on Facebook as well. Let's go, let's go to transportation, sports car or basic transportation. What do you got? What do you, uh, what do you prefer? Uh, I mean, if I had the choice, uh, I think I'd do a sports car. A little speed, go fast. Anthony? Um, I'm a, a little bit more of a old-fashioned guy. I, I would probably choose, like, a pickup truck. If I had pickup truck. Really that, pick. Yeah. Basic transportation a little more, kind a little of thing. Of a right. Yeah, definitely. All right, country boy. I think that I know the I know the answer since you're kind of a country boy. Early to bed, early to rise, or stay up late and wake up late. What, what's your preference, guys? Go ahead. Or something oh, else. That's that's where I'm opposite. I I stay up late. I uh, I'm a bartender back home in Chicago, so I'm always up till you know four or five, six in the morning, and you know just naturally, you know, I'll sleep all day and 
You know, I've always been that way. I can't work out in the morning either. I have to work out, you know, I'd rather work out at midnight than at 6 in the morning. Um, so, you know, it's like, it's weird, but it's just, uh, I'm stuck that way. Yeah, I, I'd rather stay up late and, and be able to sleep, but most of the time I wake up early anyway, so it's kind of, I'm a nap guy. You know, I, I stay up late, wake up early, and then I get a nap in around 1 or 2. God, so kind of hey, naps, naps are great. It's, when you're young, you don't want to take them. When you start getting older, you're looking for them. So, yeah, I, I definitely know that one. All right, next one. Running, working out with weights, or something else? Oh, I say, I say running. Anthony. I say running. I like yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I would definitely say more running, um, especially with football. You know, during the season, it's a little different. You know, you want to keep your body fresh. So I do a lot more cardio, a lot more agility. Um, if, if I'm going to do weight training, it's going to be lightweight stuff just to keep you, keep yourself fresh. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely more of a runner, keep myself in, uh, in shape and, and uh, keep my legs fresh. And I was wrong about Paul. I thought you would be more of the weight guy. Uh, yeah, I so, like a few ways, but I, I, I like to get in. I'll do some push-ups, some crunches on on my days, but I like, I think running is more important. I like to keep my legs fresh and loose. Running and stretching, I do a lot of stretching. That's big. That's what I'm big on, a lot of stretching. Got it. So, all right, now, this is because Sonny doesn't do a lot of gaming. Is it PlayStation, Wii, or something else? What, what's your preference as far as video games or if you don't even play them? Uh, I, I go Xbox One, you know, or PlayStation 4. They're about the same, but Madden, NBA 2K, as long as you got one of them games, I'll be there. <laughs> Anthony. Yeah, actually, I've been uh, I've been an Xbox guy my whole life, but recently, since being here, I actually traded my Xbox One in for a PS4 Pro, just because I played PS4 with a bunch of my other teammates and playing Madden on there seemed a little bit better. So, I actually made the transition myself, and uh, you know now PS4 all the way. All right, two more, and then we'll get you out of here, guys. Wendy's, McDonald's, or someplace else for your burgers. For your burgers, someplace else. I'm not 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 big on the fast food. If I'm gonna get a burger, I want to make sure it's cooked on the grill right in front of me. So I'm gonna go, you know, out to a a, a nice restaurant if I'm gonna get a burger. Um, but more more so uh, more so chicken. If I'm gonna go, do fast food, it's gonna probably be Chipotle. That's probably the only thing you're gonna get out of me for fast food. Paul, if I had to choose between, I say. I say Wendy's. I think Wendy's got a little more flavor than all the rest of them. Got it, Wendy's. And and, and now, you talked about chicken. This one's always big. Is it Chick-fil-A or is it Cassie or or something else? Uh, The one I can't – I'm from Texas. I'm from down south, so I always got to go with Popeye. I can't pass over Ah. my red beans around. (laughs) Popeye's Anthony. Yeah, if I was if I was thinking fried chicken, I'd be doing Popeyes too. Popeyes is is probably one of my my favorites as well. 
Yeah, minus churches, they got the best buns in the world. Um, you know, the biscuits are great. I'm telling you. So. Yeah. Now, guys, I wanted to say, thank you for taking some time with us here on uh, Inside the CIF. Good luck as you run out for the rest of the season. It's all about positioning going into the rest of the season for you guys. So good luck, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Sonny. Nice talking to you. You, be- Go beat. you betcha. Okay, guys, some news before we get on out of here on Inside the CIF. Uh, the Marshals are giving away free tickets. Uh, for their football game as they take on the Wichita for Saturday night. If you are interested, text ARENA, the word ARENA, to 313131. You get four free tickets to that game if you text them and they can get that all squared away. Also, in July, they got a football camp where you can be trained by your marshals, whether it be Robert Cantor or any of the other players on the roster for the Dallas Marshals. Also, the Phantoms, they have First Responders Night. Um, the First Responders get in free with $10 uh, for an additional ticket um, out there. Also, the Phantoms had uh, O.J. Simpson and Derek Bernard out there at a Royals game uh, of Major League Baseball, and uh, Bernard threw out the first pitch. He was in the Mets organization, if you know a little bit uh, about the history of that. Also, there is a Wichita Force jersey auction. That happens on May 27th after the game against the Sentex Calvary. That's uh, being brought to you by the National Wild Turkey Federation. And no, it's not a wrestling federation. It's actually about wild turkey. So check that out as well. So that's going to do it for me on Inside the CIF. I am Sonny Clark. We'll catch you next time. Everybody have a good evening. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.